When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Tom Bilyeu here. And if you are addicted to the relentless pursuit of greatness, then I've got something special for you guys. The Motivation Daily Podcast by Motiversity. It's your daily fix of motivation, inspiration, and wisdom featuring the best speeches and speakers on the planet. We cover it all. Life, business, relationships, discipline, purpose, mental health, sports, studying, focus, you name it. With exclusive speeches from heavy hitters like Coach Payne, Billy Allsbrooks, Marcus Taylor, Dr. Jessica Houston, Walter Bond, and more. If you're ready to take control, level up, or just crush your day, then Motivation Daily Podcast is your secret weapon. Search for the Motivation Daily Podcast and follow wherever you listen to amazing podcasts. I'm excited to be joined today by musical legend Steve Aoki. He's leveraged his success in the music industry to become the kind of entrepreneur that most people can only dream about. And today he shares the secret that allows him to take a big dream and turn it into reality, as well as his formula for staying hungry and connecting with audiences around the world. If you want to know the secret to his mega success, listen up. I hope you guys enjoy listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. And if you do, as always, please leave a review on our podcast. It really is the best way to support us and help as many people as possible reach their true potential. I'm Tom Bilyeu, and welcome to Impact Theory. I love living on the edge of life. That's like magic. On the next Impact Theory, super DJ and influencer Steve Aoki shows us exactly how he's reached the upper stratosphere of success. This is the brilliant billion dollar gold mine IP. This is gonna change everything. This master trend spotter reveals something you don't want to miss. I love being able to combine these worlds. About to announce something that, that I never thought I would do, but it's exciting. Steve Aoki, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me again, Tom. It's been a minute. Dude. Of course, of course. So I want to know, you have achieved the most absurd things in your life. And what advice do you have for people that have huge dreams but feel overwhelmed trying to go after them? What can they do to still see it through? I think uh, the basic answer is, is clearly just staying hungry and, and, and finding your passion. Of course, that's like the go-to. But I think something that's uh, more reflective to me as an artist, the, the first thing I think about is just being fluid and, um, and, and just like allowing yourself to be free. Once you find what you're good at and once you're able to hone in on it, um, then obviously you can build success from, from that. But um, I think, and I'm going to give you an example of like uh, something that a lot of artists deal with. So when an artist when I create a really great album and it, it becomes kind of like the sound of Steve Aoki and I have, a, I build a, build a fan base around it and all that good stuff that comes with it. And I build success around it. Now everyone expects you to do album two, like album one. 
that you get stuck in a structure. You you like you you start you lose that sense of fluidity. You let you lose a sense of being free because you're like, okay, this is a sound. And uh and if you album two and it's different than album one, then fans get pissed off. Sometimes fans <laughs> rebel. Sometimes sometimes it, it flops and then like your career goes down. I've seen some of the biggest artists, the artists that have changed my life, literally like disappear off the face of the earth. And you're like, what happened? Like, and they like to me, I'm like, that's the courage that they were able to do. And I, it doesn't matter if they if they decided to do something else. In my opinion, they were free to make a decision for themselves. And it's all about their own creative pursuits. It's not about the success. So then I started thinking differently when I started seeing that. And I'm like, it's not necessarily about like the financial success or how many streams it has. It's more about the success to be free, to be fluid, to find things that that really move you and not be attached to like the success of what other people think about what you're doing or how much money you're making from that. So um, I think when you go on the artist perspective, it's it's so important to not be attached to those tenets that everyone's attached to of what success looks like for an artist. So for me, it's all about being fluid. It's all about being free. And that's where I remember after my first album, my first album was, you know, really did set a sound for me, but then I was, I started working with hip hop artists and I was getting criticized. I started working with rock artists and people were like, wait, this isn't EDM. And then I just kept on doing it so much and that I got everyone dizzy and I'm like, I don't really care. <laughs> I can't, I got, you know, I got everyone dizzy. I, was like, I don't care what anyone thinks. And all of a sudden seven albums later, you know, I'm free, I'm free. And like, I, you know, fans will be with me or not. And, um, and I'm happy with myself. I feel success with myself. And most importantly, I have passion with the things I do because it's not dictated on someone else's like passions or someone, someone else's like expectations of you. Like, mm-hmm. I get excited to go in the studio to work with a brand new artist and, and do something no one's done and, and not care if it's going to stream well or do well or whatever. Like, let's just make magic together. And I'm excited to go into different fields and different industries and be a complete rookie and novice and learn and grow and, and understand new cultures and communities and develop with them and, and be handheld and be okay with that. And like that fluidity is everything. I think the fluidity is allowed me to be, to be able to grow and uh, into these other communities where I can, you know, just learn more, gain more wisdom, create more, you know, and experience more, all that. So how do you balance having a, a beginner's mind like that going into new areas with having confidence enough to have a perspective and to have a voice. Like how do you go into hip hop as a non hip hop artist and have a perspective and do songs in that genre? The only way I could actually do any of these things, whether it's going into a different musical genre or going into a different industry is having a strong enough platform that actually has influence already. I can't like, I can't just be like, Oh, young Steve Aoki that like didn't really crack you know, culture in a way to make it, make a dent in culture to have some level of influence upon, upon my creative pursuit. Right. And then go, Hey, I'm just going to do everything. 
like that younger Steve Aoki can't have the access because they're like, he's, he's untested, you know, you have, it's just like, it's just like when you do a test, I remember watching this movie and, you know, I remember, and everyone's writing, like they're, everyone's doing these tests and you know, and I was thinking to myself, I'm like the greater, like everyone looks like there's like certain people like, Oh, he might look really good. Or she might look really good despite the way they dress or their demeanor. But it's really about what they're writing. That, that's what matters. It's about my songs or whatever I put out to the world that actually like makes culture turn their head, go, Hey, this is interesting. Hey, this is a different, like, uh, you know, outlook on, on, on this particular world. I'm interested. I'm, I'm curious. I'm, Oh, I like it. Wow. Great take on that. So I need to have a platform of influence in order to even go into a different genre because to go into a different genre, to go into a different industry, I'm going in humbly and they have to accept me or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I'm like going in there. I'm not like, I'm not begging to go in. I'm like, I'm like entering into a community and I'm humbly going, Hey, I'm a new member of the community. And they're like, Oh, like, this person has a lot to offer to our community. I want to like invite them into my house because, you know, they're, they're, you know, they offer whatever it is that they're offering. And it's, it's a great, it's a great segue. So I think that's a really important idea for people to understand is obviously I know you behind the camera, you work your ass off, man. And I think having something to offer a community going in and being able to create an incredible hip hop album is a big part of the key. Like if, if you come in and it isn't amazing and people aren't enthusiastic about it, then you've got nothing. But if you're busting your ass and you're creating a new sound and you're creating songs that get people hyped up, you've got that credibility like you're talking about where people give you a shot. You got to think about also where they're coming from, right? So they're like, if someone's, you know, uh, an icon or a pillar in a certain community, they're taking a risk to work or collaborate or partner with someone outside of the community. Right. So they're like, I'm only going to take the risk. That's going to like, you know, maybe because any sort of change in what you do outside of what you do is going to create like eyeballs. Why are they doing that? Or like criticism, like, Oh, I don't like that. I don't like, I, I like what they do. You know, it's just like, we're talking about the, in the first thing about fluidity and, and not worrying about what people care about. Most people stay in, their zone because it's comfortable and it's safe. And that's where success is. Once you've built the success, when you start venturing out, you start penetrating those walls, exposing yourself to vulnerabilities, which could tear your business down, your artistry down, whatever it is that you're building down. It's a lot of vulnerability that you're putting out there, which is terrifying to a lot of people. When Especially it takes so much to get that success to begin with. It's not easy it's just not easy. That's why, like, out of any every industry, it's only a small percentage of people that are at the top of the of the influence chain. You know, it's not a lot of people at the top. It's only a small percentage that makes the the large amount of influence. That's just how it works, and you know how I've seen it. So the other person that's bringing you in, you have like you have to bring something to the table, right? And 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 also like for me, like to say I you know like few years of years back in 2017 I, I did produce a hip-hop album and um and the artists i work with they were my friends we like bonded on human level like you know like we're at shows and we like became friends and 
And it's like, they did take a risk with me. They're like, yeah, come to my studio. And I spent like, you know, half the time making the album in Atlanta. You know, I was with Mm -hmm. Amigos. I was hanging out with Lil Yachty and I was working with Lil Uzi Vert in my studio in LA. And like, there's certain artists that were like, I like his vibe. It's different. And I, and I want to work with him. Same with the Latin space. The Latin space definitely have opened up their arms to me in a very big way. It's allowed me to actually flourish in the Latin community and, and be a legitimate producer and artist in that space. But I remember asking Matt about that. And for people that don't know, Matt is somebody you've partnered with for a very long time behind the scenes. And I asked Matt, I was like, how on earth is he able to go from genre to genre to genre like this? It's really incredible. Even just getting to know those people. And he's like, oh, he gets to know them about the music first. He connects with them. He was like, he'll spot a trend coming years before other people. And so he's in there, he's getting to know people, he's sharing like musical influences and stuff with them. So by the time like it comes to collaborating, they already know each other. And as somebody, I am terrible at that. That is like my Achilles heel. I am just God awful at getting out and like getting to know people. But when people ask me like what the secret to networking is, it's always connect as a real human first. Like, don't, don't ask yourself, what am I gonna get out of this or where does this go? Just like connect with them, figure out what they're into as a real human being, what do you guys have that overlap? And then something interesting can come out of it. And when you share values, when you're excited by the same kind of stuff, then something can come out of it naturally. But most people spend all their time looking over somebody's shoulder to find the cooler person in the room. And you can feel that vibe of like, oh, I'm a stepping stone for them. And that's something that there's just none of that in you, which is, I think, one of the keys to your success. When you work with an artist, another artist in the studio, there's there's just no there's no room for any weird like ulterior motives. I mean, we're just creating, you know. And I, I think that playfulness is like that's that there's the beauty in that. There's the magic in that. You know, mm-hmm. we're just trying to make something special together, um, create something you know, create a whole new lane of music. I mean, just the idea of that, you can actually bottle that in every collaboration. And, uh, and, and if you can do that, then it's, it's genuine. It's, it's very childlike, you know? Um, and I like going back to the, the, like the youthful Steve Aoki that, that lives in my heart. And he's always like telling me, don't forget to do this. Don't forget to do that. You know, like, like, you know, like that's like I'd say like the best way to stay grounded in any level of success that any of us get or that I get, whatever it is, is is always speak to your inner child, speak to like the, the younger you and and find that find that buzz because we all have it. You know, like and I talk to tons of artists too, like, you know, touring as much as I do. I think with a, with a lot of artists, it's easy to get burnt out. It's easy, easy to like lose lose like the the drive and the happiness when you have something so like so so kind of safe you know when when everything's so structured um it's also hard to stay like it's hard to stay hungry when you have success and you realize oh this is success like it isn't some magical mountaintop where birds are singing all the time it's like hard ass work it's a grind and for a lot of people i think it's really disillusioning but going back to what you were saying in the beginning about fluidity, there's something really interesting in that. So I've experienced that as somebody coming into the YouTube space. 
So in the beginning, everybody was like, Thomas already played out. Everybody that's going to be big in YouTube is already big. Like podcasts are done. It's settled. And I was like, nope, there's always room for the best. And so I had to come in and outperform people. I had to figure out what was it that I could offer people that was different. But then like, so I go from not existing to, you know, millions of views a month and really doing something. And I got bored. And so I was like, I need to start interviewing different people. I need to push things into different areas. And my team was like, you're crazy. That's not how the YouTube algorithm works. You're going to destroy the channel. And for 18 months, I did. I fucked it up. Like it was really like our views were going down. And I just kept telling everybody, look, we have two options. Number one, I stopped doing this forever because I'm bored. Or number two, we, we ride this through. We get to the other side where the audience realizes where I'm going. And so now finance is one of our biggest buckets of content. But in the beginning, people were like, what are you doing? But I was like, I need to learn about this in my own life. I've got to be excited. I've got to be into this. And if I'm into it, I'm going to create something that other people spark on because they can feel I'm into it. But if I'm just going through the fucking motions and I'm trying to stay in a box, not going to work. Exactly. I, that it's, it's like it really does go across. Like it's just it's just the human psychology. It's just how we are. You know, like uh, it doesn't matter if, as, as a musician or, or as, you know, motivational speaker, YouTuber, you know, whatever it is that we're doing, we need to find something that that allows us to be free to pursue things that whether or not people like it or not, we just have to do because we are creators. We're going to always put something out there, but we have to really believe it genuinely. And yeah, and it's it's hard to jump off of something that already works, you know. But um, I think as an artist, it's allowed me to just do that more. I think if I was, I was a business owner, I don't know if I can have that kind of that that adaptability, you know, because like, you know, it's like I, like you are a business owner. You've got so much going on. No, but I think that the artist side of me has always been the core of everything that I do. So the artist side of me, when I do business, is also penetrating all of the different things. So I definitely move. I mean, this is why Matt, we talked about Matt, my manager, he has to keep up with me. I mean, the guy's worked with me for 20 years now. Like I keep him entertained for sure because I'm like, Matt, we're diving into the world of collectible cards. And um, I'm, I've now partnered and co-founding a TCG company. Learn about it quick. Go. Because I'm going in hard and I need you by my side. Or Web3 or NFTs. How, or- how do you do that? You, you, so there, there is a narrow band of humanity that is really good at reading culture. You're definitely one of those people. But how? Is it intuitive and it just like you've always had that ability? Or do you know where to look? Like, how do you read these things? Because so to give people context, sorry, let me tell them about MetaZoo. So you have uh, you co-own a company called MetaZoo. You found them when they were really small. They're now bigger than Digimon. I don't I don't know if you're talking numbers, but the numbers are staggering. How the hell did you find that? Okay, so just a just a pre-roll that pre-roll to before I get to MetaZoo. Um, since I was a kid, I, okay, this is what I've what I've learned. My skill set is I, I I have the best skill set that I have is not even being in the studio making music or being on stage DJing. It's literally my ability to share. I love sharing. 
Interesting. Sharing things that I care about. When I care about something, the first thing I want to do is share it. When I learn about like, you know, I just went to a longevity conference that Peter Diamandis held in San Francisco. I, once I learned about these different things, these the tenets of aging, whatever, I was like sharing that with certain people. I was like, I need to share this information. And, and uh, you know, that's why I became a musician. That's why I became a producer, because I love music. And I, I was like, I want to create things that I love that make me feel a certain way to share it. I want to perform those things live. I want to, the music that I want to play that I, that I produce. I want to play it live. I want to share it. And I starting, starting a label, same thing. I sign an artist. Oh my God. Like there's no one that really knows this art except for a small group of people. We got to blow them up. Like if we can blow them up and share that and, and be a part of the success, that's, that's like fucking magic. So it's like anything. It doesn't matter if it's music or if it's like a startup company or if it's, you know, cause like, you know, in the last 10 years, I've been big on, on just angel investing or whatever it might be. I get excited about different projects. COVID being stuck at home, you know, that's like the time. That's the time where I can actually explore all these different like interests outside of music. And that's when I got into, you know, that's the, the, the start of my NFT career and interest into the whole Web3 space and the start of my collectible card journey and sports cards and Pokemon cards, which led to what I wanted to do is like, I love breaking these Pokemon boxes. I love the whole culture and the hobby. I'm an entrepreneur. I want to start my own. You know, you know how, you know how, like when we have our conversations, like we create a neon future. We want to start a comic book series. We want to create a whole IP around that. You're the, we're the same. We're the same, like, uh, kind of web of like, you know, we love something. We want to disrupt and create in that space, do something new in that space. So I scanned all the new TCG companies. I was like, the top three are Magic, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh. They've been around for 20 years, but there's all these new ones that are popping up because of COVID. And obviously it was booming during COVID, right? Because everyone's at home watching the breaks and I'm, and I'm part of that. I'm, and I'm like, joined Tops. And I started creating card sets and I was doing the breaks and I opened up a card shop with Dan Fleischman, Cards and Coffee. Now seven card shops around the United States for growing. Um, but I wanted, I wanted to be part of a new TCG company and scanning all the different ones, talking to a bunch of different founders. Um, when I got to MetaZoo and I talked to Mike Waddell, who created the MetaZoo uh, franchise and IP and the idea around cryptids, I was like, this is the brilliant billion dollar gold mine IP is taking all cryptids. And most people don't even know what a cryptid is. Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, Chupacabra, a ghost, you know, an alien, Santa Claus, like, like all these, like, they're all public domain. People don't even think about it because you see it on, you know, Nat Geo, like, oh, there's a Bigfoot watching or something, you know, like, you know, all these fantasies, they're all public domain, but you can create your own and create a whole world out of all of them. No one's done this. It's bizarre. And um, Mike Waddell saw the vision through and it was at like the seedling stage. And um, I came in very early and became a co-founder and, you know, and, and a big partner of the company. And, um, you know, it was a very humble beginnings with a Kickstarter uh, approach of garnering interest and creating enough money to, to, to drop the very first boxes of these cards. 
In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you want to have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride. Because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with ebay motors brake kits led headlights exhaust kits turbochargers bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply it's Tom Bilyeu here. And if you are addicted to the relentless pursuit of greatness, then I've got something special for you guys. The Motivation Daily Podcast by Motiversity. It's your daily fix of motivation, inspiration, and wisdom featuring the best speeches and speakers on the planet. We cover it all. Life, business, relationships, discipline, purpose, mental health, sports, studying, focus, you name it. With exclusive speeches from heavy hitters like Coach Payne, Billy Allsbrooks, Marcus Taylor, Dr. Jessica Houston, Walter Bond, and more. If you're ready to take control, level up, or just crush your day, then Motivation Daily Podcast is your secret weapon. Search for the Motivation Daily Podcast and follow wherever you listen to amazing podcasts. How did you find the whole breaking phenomenon, though? Like, you found that really early. How do you read like that? The thing that I really want to understand is how you read culture. And so I don't know if it's just, oh, I'm into all these geeky things and I see when one starts getting hot and it just happens that you're already into it. Cause like, I know the story of the pickle patch and how you get into music and all that. And we talked about that in the last interview, but like that same thing of like being super early to EDM and reading that well, and obviously being very early to NFTs, being very early to the resurgence of TCG, uh, and the breaking phenomenon, were you just already 
watching videos like that on YouTube? Like how, how do you read culture? I mean, exactly what you're saying. It's like, it's like friends, like, you know, just probing, asking a, a curiosity. I'm just a very curious person. Like I, I'm, a, I'm an A&R by heart. Like I, I always want to like, I'm scanning things, looking for things about to break. I mean, I've been doing it since I was a teenager, you know, scan it like, you know, like that was music. Music was my main platform. I was like, oh, this band hasn't broke. How do we, how do we help grow them? Like, you know, it's like the excitement to like share something that's, that's happening on like a, you know, subdermal level, you know, this underground space. I mean, I'm an underground kid at heart. I'm, I come from punk and hardcore. Listen, we we're it's a bunch of passionate kids to like just get together and listen to music that no one, no one understands. Like I get those cultures. I love the cultures where no one else gets it. And then it blows up and you're like, see, I told you so. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I love being part of these kinds of worlds and that will never leave no matter what age I am. And it doesn't matter if it's music. It doesn't matter if it's cards. It doesn't matter if it's digital. It's like, I'm always looking for it, you know? And I, I've always said this, like, hundreds of years ago, I would probably be on a ship, like, you know, scrubbing the deck just so we can go find some new land and not do horrible things that they did. But like, just the excitement of like going out there exploring, like I love snowboarding and, and hiking up a mountain alone with my friends to find like uncharted snow. And then we just hit it ourselves. You know, it's like this idea of discovery I just had a guy on the show uh, from the DNA company and they scan people's DNA and he was saying, look, they've, we, we now really understand the human genome and the big data has gotten so good at understanding what the genomics mean. So it isn't just, oh, you have this allele or this marker. It's like this allele and this marker mean this. And one of the things he was looking at is the three phases of dopamine. And so you've got the ability to produce dopamine. There's a gene for that. You've got the receptors for dopamine. There's a gene for that. And then you've got the ability to clean out the dopamine to reset. There's a gene for that. And depending on the combinations that you have will determine a lot about your personality. And I would be so curious to know what your markers are because that quest for the new getting excited about it, which I think is one of the things that uh, really has driven a lot of your success. One of the weirdest moments in my life, and you're either going to understand this immediately or you're going to think I'm crazy. It was weird and heartwarming at the same time. So I went to, I can't even remember what you were celebrating, the launch of something or number of years Dimmock had been in business. Maybe it was the 20th anniversary or something. And you got Gorilla Biscuits back together, a band that were it not for you, I never would have heard of. And I was standing with you and Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park, listening to this, your favorite band as a kid growing up. And I'm like, I'm with two of the biggest musicians on planet Earth, listening to this band that you were so passionate about that I had never heard of. And there was just something about how you, like people pay so much money, they fly from around the world to watch you perform. And there you were completely enthralled by this band. I don't know, there's something about the way that you were able to get lost in that. I found it really interesting in terms of knowing you and knowing how you get into things. So that event was called Day One. It's like the, it was honoring the day one of, of you know my journey. 
my first tattoo was a grill discus tattoo. So, I mean, I, that's like the band that they got me into hardcore and pop that got me into silkscreen t-shirts, which eventually got me into starting a fashion label years later. So, um, you know, I remember when we were, co- we were coming together, like, okay, we got to create like the journey. Where does it start? I'm like, we got to get grilled biscuits back together. Like they just like, they're like, they're like, you know, they're probably in their late forties, fifties. And, uh, you know, I think they were playing some shows here and there. Um, but they knew of me because I'm a hardcore kid, but when I was a hardcore kid, I was just a fan. No one knew me then, you know, I was a very anonymous, just screaming, like yellow haired punk kid (laughs) from Orange County that was like, you know, just go to shows all the time and try to be in a band and, you know, do that whole thing. But, you know, obviously now I have a platform. So they're like, Oh yeah, he's a hardcore kid. He's got the girl, this girl, GB tattoo. Um, so I, I was able to somehow convince these guys to, to play in an art gallery at a fashion opening, um, with like, they had like, we got to bring our fans. This is going to be really bizarre. Cause I'm like, please. So I have like all their fans came, coming through and they're all like men in their thirties, forties and fifties all tatted up. And then like the streetwear crew, because it's right, right on Fairfax, right next to Supreme. Um, and uh, it was such like an interesting moment. I'll never forget it. We made like, what was so cool for me. One of the coolest things, cause you know, merch is my game. Um, we made, you know, um, special Aoki shirts with like my logo, my head, you know, with the missing eyes and nose. And we put the gorilla biscuits, gorilla head in the middle. Mm. I'm like, Oh man, that's so cool. And then obviously they perform and I'm like losing my mind. I know all the lyrics. Like I used to jump off my bed and jump off like, you know, like one part of my room into the bed, pretending I was stage diving, like playing that playing their songs like back to back to back so uh i'm glad that you're part of that tom that was that was uh, something i'll never forget dude same it was so interesting it was a really cool moment and i've i think about you a lot in terms of so i want longevity that really matters to me i want longevity in two ways that you and i share i want to live for a long time that obviously really matters to me but I want to live for a long time because there's so many aspects of my career that I want to explore and so many different things that I want to do. And the way that you're able to stay enthusiastic, the way that despite your success, you still work really hard. Like they, if I were to describe the things that people need to do in order to be successful over a long period of time, it would be those things. Like to, to remain hungry in the face of success is one of the most difficult things and one of the key markers of people that have real longevity. And so in that moment, I was like, wow, like this is how you keep it. You, you were having so much fun. Music obviously brought you so much joy still, like even all these years later. Um, that's really interesting. So now I want to dovetail that into you're obviously at the cutting edge of what I think is the most important movement in entertainment for the foreseeable future, which is Web3. And I love that we're having this conversation now in a massive bear cycle. So there's no empty hype. There's no people that are left in it because they think, oh my God, I'm gonna get rich. Like this is people who are like, this is gonna change everything. This is the coolest shit I've seen ever. I'm more obsessed now than I've ever been. And I wanna know, what do you think is next? Like what keeps you hyped about this when there isn't the just gazillion eyeballs focused on it. You're still in there. You're still building. Where, where is this going? 
I think um, what I'm excited about is what the metaverse can look like, because now we see uh, what it does look like now with Sandbox and, and, you know, like Sandbox and Decentraland and what the metaverse is, is amazing for what it is and what they're doing and the amount of work they're putting into it. And 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 uh, for me, luckily, I've been working closely with Sandbox. We made the Aoki's Playhouse like this this insane it's like basically modeled after my house and we spent a lot of time designing it making quests and having fun with the gamification of of the house and now just we, we're just about to drop the uh, uh the the aoki water park um that's also with the avatars so i work obviously really really closely with uh with sandbox what i'm really looking forward to is like what the visual layer is going to be coming up next i don't need to explain the culture of gaming and how how much of an effect it has on culture it is clearly a big part of who we are as a society and as a culture or whatever it is when when web 3 looks like gaming and this is what i'm talking about the transition of sandbox and you know what it looks like right now and what sandbox will look like when it looks like fortnite when it looks like call of duty when it looks like everything else that's happening then the gaming industry will be Web3, you know? And that's just, that's the nature of how it works. This is what I'm excited about when that transition happens. And because I know it will be happen and it's inevitable, that that underlying underlying factor of ownership, because that's the main thing about Web3 is ownership. When, when that thing, when that ownership starts like getting attached to things that visibly and becomes less clunky and becomes more normal and how we identify with each other how we talk digitally how we socialize digitally how we date how we game all of that then it's a, it's it's like we we will ultimately live everything will be web3 hmm. it's a really interesting idea are you watching michael sailor at all no oh man tap into him he's utterly fascinating so he's a, a bitcoin guy just 100 percent top to bottom but he gave me this idea so I've been trying to put words to why I'm so obsessed with Web3. Ownership is a big part of it, though. I come at it from a different angle. I want people to, to differentiate ownership from investment. I don't think NFTs are an investment. I think the SEC is going to handle that anyway and just put the kibosh on that. But ownership's important. But Michael Saylor has a brilliant idea that finally put words to what I felt about why Web3 is huge. And what he said is that for... For things in a virtual world to matter, they have to be like matter, meaning they have to be tangible. They have to have the qualities of something that's physical. Now, what does that mean? Because obviously virtual things are never going to be literal, like tactile touching things. But what he said was what the, the magic of the blockchain is very simply that it introduces irreversible transactions. And he said, people think that's a bad thing because it's like, oh my God, like somebody stole my money. You and I both know, unfortunately, multiple people in some of the groups that we're a part of that have had things stolen from their wallet. And it's like, oh my God, like if you could get it back, like you would 100%. And Michael Saylor said, that's a mistake. You want it to be an irreversible transaction. And the reason you want it to be an irreversible transaction, and for people that are new, there are ways to protect yourself, obviously. But the reason you want it to be an irreversible transaction is now it's like physics. 
And he said, physics are the irreversible transactions. If you stand on the top of a building and you drop a ball, it is going to fall. You can't stop it midway and retract it back to your hand. It's like once you let it go, physics has it now and it's gonna do what physics are gonna do. But because of that, you can build on top of it because it's all predictable. So take the human body. Pumping the blood through the heart only works because there's a predictable amount of gravity and the way that liquids you know, can move between membranes. If any of the laws of physics stop working, it all falls apart and we all die. The planets spin out of control and nothing, like it, it all falls apart. And so by introducing these irreversible transactions, you now introduce digital scarcity, you introduce value. And so all the things, because people are like, oh, why would you want to introduce scarcity into the virtual world? It's like you have to. Because if you don't do that, nobody builds on top of it. You don't get the kind of creations that we can have now. And so for me, Web3, the thing that I'm most obsessed with is one, now the virtual world, which can do things that are limited only by our imagination. We can literally create the physics as long as there are physics. And now we're able to get the value pouring into that ecosystem so that we can do all of this incredible stuff. And the idea that I am most excited about is what I call um, signaling molecules. So in, in health, in nutrition, they talk about that, that what you eat sends a signal to your body. So the different things you eat send different signals. And I mean, just like drugs and alcohol, right? They send a signal to your, to your brain, to your body. With NFTs now, you can tell a game, like, oh, you have the Snoop Dogg skin, then there are certain areas of the game that you can go into that other people can't go into. There's a party that you're invited to in the real world, by the way, that you can go into because you have it. And so it's, there's, there's two concepts that I love. There's that, signaling molecules. The game can read what you have in your wallet and react in a customized way to you. And then there's borderless entertainment. Because now you're carrying that signal with you wherever you go. So you can, for instance, literally, I promise you I did not plan this, but with your NFTs, you can get into your concerts with your NFTs. So it acts in real life as a signaling molecule to get me into something, but it also has things that it does in the virtual world and sandbox or whatever. And I think that ability to, whether it's in real life, whether it's in game, whether it's in one game or another game, like that seamless borderless experience is going to change everything. I, that's exactly why, I mean, I have my own community membership. I mean, you already know about this, but for everyone's watching. I'm in your community. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the whole point. It is this borderless kind of you bringing in IRL and Web3. And it really is the bridge that needs to happen now because we are so early that anyone that's part of Web3, it's like, and anyone that's part of Web3, we get all the network of what I'm doing in the Web3. But my main thing that I do, make music and play shows, that's one service that I can give to so many people. That I can give a different kind of level of engagement that, that, um, that, that you know, not other people can give. So that's one thing, that, that service I can give to everyone that's part of the AOQverse. So that's been a lot of fun to be able to, to, to link up with these members um, different shows. Um, and I mean, I'm doing things that I would never have thought or dreamt of doing, you know, like, um, making songs with the members, you know, that that's a commitment that I had to, you know, be okay with. And, um, and I, I remember when, when Matt and I were coming up with the membership community and what it serves, what it's, what it's all about, the structure, we're like, okay, 
um, well, we'll make a tier structure so that, you know, people that, you know, just like we're talking about people that are, are part of it, there's a scarcity and there's, you know, like certain things that only certain people can do. Um, and, and I can't, I can't do, I can't make songs with 2,500 people, nor would I want to, mm -hmm. but I, I make a, I make a song with a few people. I I'm okay with that to share the studio and, and, and actually put it, put it out to all DSPs and make an official song. And, um, they deserve are deservingly the ones that should be at the highest level. So we created six different tiers and um, at the highest level, I remember when we started Aoki first, we're like, well, we'll have this as an aspirational tier. Um, and you know, if people could come up there, that'd be great. Well, maybe that'll happen in a year's time. And in like in weeks, there's already two members up there, which was like wow. already exciting to see the engagement, the excitement. And obviously when, when I did meet them in, in person, I was you know, I was like, wow, this is, it's like a different kind of relationship than like a fan. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not a fan club. This is a membership community. These are members. These are, we're like hand in hand on, on, on like creating this new culture. And, um, and the conversation is going back to what, you know, the first thing I was talking about is, is fluid or just engaging in, in a lot of different aspects. And, uh, um, it's been a lot of fun to to build out the Aokiverse and what that looks like and what that will be. We're about to announce a level seven. I haven't even announced that anywhere else. We're gonna about to about to announce a level seven, which is um, you know, something that that I never thought I would do, but this is like, you know, much more of a responsibility for me. Um, mm -hmm. but it's exciting. And uh and and you know, I love being able to combine these worlds, you know, into into one. And just like my last show, I remember I saw I just played over the weekend, my last wet Republic pool party and Hakkasan. And there was a, a member, he was a level five member, you know, which is pretty high. It's like, you know, he had to spend 256 credits and each Ooh. credit's about like 0.1 ETH. So um, I remember like, I actually pulled, I took off my pants at a show. <laughs> I was wearing, I was wearing Aoki one-on-ones at an Aoki first show. And I took them off while I was playing and I gave it to him. Because I'm just like, it's just like, you know, it's like that kind of like, I'm like, let's see all the passports right now. And then he's like, a level five passport. I'm like, wow, hold on a second. And, and I just gave him the pants, but it was cool to see him. He's rocking the pants, you know, he's at the show and we, we got to link up and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great way to engage with your fans. And that's one of, that's another thing that I talk about with artists, you know, because the big question to me always when it comes to to web three NFTs is what's up with music NFTs. Cause I'm a musician mm -hmm. producer. So um, that is something that is going to happen that what Royal is, is building out and, and different services. Like what's slowed that down? Like that seems like the most obvious thing on planet earth. Is it the legalities of people getting royalties off of an NFT or something else? Yeah. See, that's the thing where like, I don't know, like it seems like a securities thing. I don't know any mm. of these questions. I think that's that's where Justin Blau can come in and start answering away on the Web three side of things because what he's doing with Royal is very interesting. I think it's going to be very cool when it becomes more normal. And I love he's you know he's he's slowly getting it out there. Um, I think it's going to be a longer road uh, than expected, but in the interim, artists in the music are building communities and having a different way to, to engage with their fans. You know, mm -hmm. um, Snoop Dogg is doing a tremendous job. I think he's one of the leaders in, the, in as far as musicians in the space, doing a lot in Web3, taking death row records entirely offline and, and making an NFT label. You know, that's a statement, you know? Yeah. Um, 
And then when we, we got in the studio, we made we made an album of music together and it was all NFT based, you know, Whoa. whatever we make is going to be NFT based for now. So we dropped two NFTs just recently to the Aoki verse members. You got one. And, uh, and to his, um, gala games, uh, Snoop Stash. So, um, yeah, you know, it's like right now it's all, it's like, I'm just trying to find ways to reward the community and do drops. You know, we just dropped sky pods, you know, a way where you can mm. showcase your NFTs and in our own cloud world that we created our own metaverse, our first interpretation of what a metaverse looks like in Aoki verse. Um, and you know, we're just constantly every week we got new drops, new air, like allow list, new airdrops, uh, you know, and, and a lot of fun stuff to, to engage with fans in the IRL. No, it's amazing. If you strive to perform your best in life, bringing your energy and abilities into everything you do, then it only makes sense that you would want to be out on the road with that same power, agility, and performance that everyone expects from you. And there's no better option than the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable SUV yet, the third-generation Range Rover Sport. You guys know I love staying on the cutting edge with technology, and the Range Rover Sport's cabin features advanced technologies such as active noise cancellation and cabin air purification, a must, offering you and your family and friends new levels of comfort and refinement while traveling. The Range Rover Sport provides an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and redefines sporting luxury for the power, agility, and performance you demand in every area of your life. Explore the Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. That's LandRoverUSA.com. I've heard you say that um, passive entertainment is dead. And communities are the future. What do you mean by passive entertainment? And why do you think communities are going to be everything moving forward? Passive entertainment is is like kind of in the background. It's like it's always going to be there. It's actually the most the most common entertainment that we have. Whatever is on the radio, playing in the car, uh, you know, like you're on your phone, you hear something in the background, TV is playing, like like that's always going to be there, but I don't think it really drives culture. You know, it's like, it's kind of there, but it doesn't strike you. It's not a passion point. You know, I'm looking for the things that like move you, make you stop in your seat and change the outlook of what you want to do. I I'm looking for jumping into a cold plunge instead of like taking a hot shower, like hot showers are passive, you know, (laughs) like, like I was in a cold plunge at 12 midnight last night, just to like, you know, just know that when I sleep, I'm going to sleep good, you know? So like, for me, that's just like, that's just how I look at life. And, and if I can do things as not just a creator, but also knowing myself as a consumer and as someone that consumes culture in different ways, I'm always looking for the deliberate, like the creators and the producers and artists that are creating a deliberate impact on me. And, and like, you know, not only, you know, being part of their culture, but understanding what it is about that, you know, and also applying that to my community. So the only way you can really change the game or disrupt culture is deliberately. I just don't, I just don't feel like at scale, passively things don't really move, but there are at scale, large artists that are extremely deliberate, like BTS, they've completely disrupted the music space entirely. They've changed what, 
you know, what popular music sounds like, what the language is, you know, the fact it's Korean, not English, you know, the fact it's Asian faces in popular culture uh, on, on television, you know, that's uh, singing, you know, songs, non-English. Like to me as an Asian, it's like, that's so powerful. The bet that South Korea made, I forget when, like back in the, I mean, it was early, like 50s, 60s, something like that. They were like, okay, we're going to align ourselves with American culture and we're going to show that we can hang with that. And the formula that they've done, both music, K-dramas, like, dude, it's, it is such a brilliant example of reading culture, playing it well, and showing that there's always room for the best. Like, if you're able to create music that makes you feel the way that people want to feel, doesn't matter. It, I mean, they're smart to obviously inject a little bit of English to, like, really, like, you know, make it stick. But it's, I'm blown away by what they've done. I think like what you did by pivoting when you're doing certain amount of content is working and is getting millions of views and then boom, you're like, I'm not feeling this. And you made a deliberate change to do something that, that, you know, like showed a vulnerability where you start losing views. That's a deliberate action, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's what I'm talking about. I think like artists that do that, artists that take a stand for their art and uh, take a stand for what they really believe in not necessarily for what the world wants. Those are del- deliberations that I, I, that really, you know, strike me. And being strategic, like that's the, the thing that I've taken away from what South Korea has been able to do culturally, because America was the cultural export. Like we just had that unlock. When you and I were growing up, it was like America exported culture. And that was just that. And now to see other countries read that and go, okay, I see you, we can do that too. And there have been few that have done it as well as South Korea. Obviously, uh, Latin music is way on the rise, but I think that what South Korea has been able to do from the size of their country to the disproportionate amount that they've exported story and music is really mind-blowing. And what I like, to your point, It's intention. It was reading the culture. It was going, okay, I see what America's doing. I see why this works. We're going to learn that style of storytelling. We're going to get very good at it. And in some ways with the the K-dramas, I think they've surpassed us in in a certain style of storytelling. But it's incredible. Like when um, Squid Games just ate the world. I was like, these guys, man, like this is such brilliant storytelling. Yeah, I'm very, very impressed with that level of intentionality. I'm actually going back out there to Asia in a few days, so I'm excited to. I'm going to. Um, I'm going to Seoul, not for a show, just to like hang out. I'm really, really excited to go out there, and I, I was lucky to go to like Big Hit, the, the whole headquarters, get to see like how it all works, like the studio, the the dance setup, the uh, all the different, you know the structure of how that, that label management works. Mm. Yeah. I just, I just, uh, big fan of, uh, BTS, big fan of, uh, a big hit, the whole, the whole team out there. No doubt. No doubt. So going back to what you're saying about cold plunges, talk to me about longevity. You're with Peter Diamandis at a longevity conference. You're taking cold baths. I know you plan to get cryogenically frozen. We talked about the last time we got together. Like what's the, what's new on the frontier? What are you actually implementing in your life? 
Um, I think one of the most important things that that anyone can do, and I'm doing this more and more, is diagnostic checks. Like, I just got, really? uh, yeah, just like, you know, like I just got back from doing blood work today. I did like like 15 vials of blood today. Um, what are you checking for? Every every level I can on my blood. You know, I just want to know like you know all my different levels. Um, do you have somebody interpret the the results? Yeah, two different doctors I I talk to to go through. All that, just so I know what I'm deficient in, if I am deficient in anything right now. I'm very healthy overall, so it's um, it's more about fine tuning and and staying on top of that. And you know, my my biggest issue, and I think this issue hits a lot of musicians out there that tour, like like I do, is sleep because my yeah, sleep schedule fuck. is is never the same. It's erratic. If I could sleep every night the same time and wake up every day the same time, I would because I know that is uh, that will attribute to a longer life. Period. So the fact that I don't, I know that will affect my brain. And yesterday, I just got back from getting my brain scanned uh, by Doctor Amen in Orange County. So mm, I went out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went out there, saw him, had a full diagnostic report on my brain. I, oh, wow, I got to see my brain like. Like you usually see the top part of your brain, you know, with, with uh, fMRIs. This one, we got to see the bottom where I got to see the temporal lobes and mm. the, the underside of the brain, which like, you know, this is pretty recent technology. I think maybe in the last five years or something like that. Um, but I got to see a healthy brain and my brain. <laughs> and this is where it gets really exciting. So I think what, what I think a lot of people are, I talk to, they're, they're really terrified to see their results of their body because you know, we treat our bodies badly in general. You know, we don't realize how much damage we do to our brain through extreme sports like myself. That's like my main my main uh, cause of injuries to my brain um, from, you know, just like big spills, snowboarding or what whatnot. I mean, I'm really more careful about that these days. Um, the emotional trauma that we might have experienced through our lives, you know, and some trauma I didn't even realize had such an effect on me. You know, um, so I got to see like, and this is like, you know, I'll, I'll share this here. Um, my brain for the most part is pretty, pretty good looking. It's a good looking brain. So I'm pretty happy about that. Um, there is like on the prefrontal cortex, which is like the main driver of, of your brain. There is a little valley here right in the middle. And that's most likely from like some, some, some level of impact from back here and it hitting, wow. you know, hitting the inside of the, inside of the uh, skull. So mm. I've hit the back of my head plenty of times. I had amnesia from like flying off of a jump when I was 12 inland. Oh, you know, like, so I've definitely all the damage you've done when you're a kid growing up, they will have, they will have significant impacts throughout your entire life. Wow. Unless you actually do something about it. Um, the other interesting thing that I saw was my temporal lobes on the underside of the brain when you go up, they have like these kind of shapes up, up like this. These these are called temporal lobes. I wish I had like my brain to show you. They were a bit mangled. Really interesting. Yeah. So that was what Dr. Amen was saying is from emotional trauma that I've experienced. And and my really, how can he tell that that's emotional trauma? This I don't know. I, he just like a, he's a brain expert, so he's like this area is emotional trauma. This area is you know. So he was able to explain like what areas of the brain. Um, are associated with what function or what, you know. Do you know what emotional trauma registered for you? 
Um, for me, I was thinking about the emotional trauma. It's like usually breakups. Um, but, but my Brett, my best friend manager passing away tragically, uh, you know, which was too, too young for him at 45, Michael Theon, he's one, I have two managers, Matt and Michael. He is like my soulmate without being, you know, my, my girlfriend, you know, mm. <laughs> he was what my partner. Uh, he had a heart attack when he was walking wow. his dog. That's another conversation to have because it's like, it's the Widowmaker heart attack. It, it actually kills a lot of men in their 40. He was in shape. He wasn't, he was like, you know, he, was, he was working out. I mean, he, he was a bit unhealthy to eat all kinds of food. And, you know, I'm sure he had like a party past, which he did, but like nothing to warrant a heart attack at 45. Wow. So, that shook me really bad. Um, so I didn't know it would shake me up that bad when you'd see the mangled, like these mangled temporal lobes. So um, now it's just about healing, you know? So, um, I mean, I, I went so deep on the brain because it just happened yesterday, but longevity overall is a big one for me. I live in a very ironic headspace because I love living on the edge of life, like jumping into water, of cliffs, you know, but really high, 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 you know, very high levels, whatever. Um, and, you know, pushing yourself like physically. Um, but I am becoming more risk averse and becoming a little bit more conservative in that space. Because of the brain trauma or just naturally getting older? I think, well, I think maybe naturally getting old, older, but really based on the fact that I care about my brain, you know, and also like just me as an artist. DJing so much, there's no doubt I am an athlete, at least at the very least a mental athlete. And I train like an athlete. And even at the level that I'm going, you know, I don't, I don't like, I might occasionally have a drink or a beer or something like that, but I don't drink before my shows. I don't party or do drugs. You know, I don't do drugs and party like that in that sense of party. I party as in like go crazy at my shows, but I've had both my shoulder rotator cuff surgeries because of just doing this repetitive damage so crazy my knee my men, i have a meniscus damage from jumping off stages like there's so my tinnitus in my ear from just hearing damage like mm. the occupational hazards of djing is is a lot more is a lot higher than most people think you know because like people like oh you're just pressing buttons standing there <laughs> i mean it's like it's, you know, and I'm all 44 now. So like, I'm like, wow, I can't like, you know, I can still jump off stages and have fun. But I, now I think how many more of these can I actually do to my knees? You know, mm -hmm. before when you're like 20, 30, you're like, it's unlimited amount. It's not, <laughs> it's not like eventually you, you're, you're like joints and bones get, they just, can't sustain the impact over and over and over and over again. So you have to mm -hmm. be mindful of that. Yeah, it's really, we're living in a super interesting time where we get to actually watch people that have this kind of longevity go through the different cycles in their lives. So obviously uh, take somebody like Snoop Dogg or even 50 Cent where we're seeing these major different movements in their career. And now same with you, right? Watching you go through from for people that have really been paying attention from the, you know, the pickle patch days when you help break some of the biggest artists. I mean, 
Lady Gaga, Kanye West, Skrillex, like all came through. Uh, the, I don't think that was a pickle patch, but it came through like your early, early club yeah, days. parties in LA. Yeah. And then now, obviously, as the DJing, I mean, global sensation, all of that. But seeing you also branch into business, same with 50, same with P. Diddy, like watching guys have this longevity of career while the body is going to have its issues. To your point about being an athlete of the mind, the reason I like playing the game of business is that it's the only game where you don't have to worry about your body wearing out, where if you take care of your mind, like you really can go and push. And uh, I will assume that you're not mentioning numbers for a reason, but I know some of the numbers of some of your businesses and they're fucking bananas, man. And so see, like, I do want to like let your, your, um, fans know about this one because it is it's exciting please yeah i'm saying like trust me that's uh metazoo is a tcg and what, what is a tcg it's a trading card game like pokemon right and like i said i talked about the whole cryptids and i you know how it's an ip that hasn't been tapped and here we are taking these these creatures these cryptids like bigfoot that has like 20 million followers and chupacabra has a gazillion followers and so forth and we're they're all living in silos in their own world and we're all creating their, our own versions of them in a universe together. And, uh, and this idea is like, this is, this is bananas. This is going to be something that's going to blow up 60 months. We've, uh, our, we've, we've broke over 50 million revenue. It's bananas. And, uh, and, and just on the secondary businesses outside of the boxes, the boxes are, are an incredible sell through incredible secondary market right uh, which is the main business but the secondary business is like you know when we dropped skateboards we dropped metazoo skateboards in 14 minutes sold two million dollars in skateboards crazy man christmas paper a million dollars in christmas paper in five hours first five minutes five hundred thousand dollars of christmas wrapping paper and it comes with a promo card and people are selling these promo cards for you know 4x on secondary markets like the Kickstarter boxes that were going for fifty dollars at the peak, they were going for twelve thousand dollars in so less insane. than a year's time. You just don't see this kind of increase from fifty to even ten thousand. I mean, I don't know what that is—a two hundred x in in less than a year. Now it's sitting at like five or six thousand because we're, we are living in a bear market and all collectible cards have gone down. Mm, sure, uh, but you know, and I'm just talking about the money in sense. I mean. Like, you know, no one really goes into the, the background of that um, because the culture is so deep and so immersive. And, and you know, there's it's it's beautiful to, to like just see the, the this culture and community come together around this brand that that that's been growing for the past 16 months and seeing the tattoos of different Metazoo cryptids. Um, and now what's exciting for me personally uh, is creating a new part of MetaZoo that lives in the MetaZoo universe, which is HeroQuest, my album um, that now I'm, I'm, I'm doing something disruptive in the music space. Music album with a TCG card set. So then, and when we dropped the CDs, we, it actually came with a, a HeroQuest card mm-hmm. that lives in the MetaZoo world. And, you know, Broke thirty thousand. We, we sold thirty thousand CDs in five hours. You know, uh, based on these cards, and you know, people are excited about the album. I think the cards were the big driver, 
Um, oh yeah, we just hit number one at, this week for our first week sales. Damn, congratulations. So that's that's pretty exciting. But big shout out to MetaZoo fans that, that like went in droves and and like, you know, broke the server on, on buying those CDs. But, um, you know, I love creating worlds, building worlds, and I get to do that with MetaZoo, now with HeroQuest, um, creating these new characters and uh, building a story. So it's just a... Uh, exciting to do so much in that space it's it it's like a massive passion point for me to create and build in in the tcg space and connect it with my music mm. yeah see i this moment for me right now is so incredible because we're able to get this information out on youtube people are growing up watching this content i didn't have this when i was a kid i couldn't get the behind the scenes look of somebody and watch how they mold and shape their career. And growing up with the internet and being able to see this and, and understanding the concept of being a business athlete, an athlete of the mind, that you can learn things outside of your, your core moment. You know, for so long, musicians would just fade into nothingness. But now, you said it earlier, you said, now I have a platform people really understand like, hey, I can build this platform and now I can, anything that I'm passionate about, I have a voice. And if you have a voice and you can get attention, then you can really do something. Now you have to be clever, you have to work hard, you've really gotta innovate, but doing things like the album with the drop, pushing into Web3, um, it's, it's really interesting. And so there's, every species has to choose a path forward and from an evolutionary standpoint and every species except humans have chosen to hardwire virtually everything. Whereas humans were like, no, I'm going to read from culture. So we have been quote unquote modern humans for 250,000 years. But in the last 100 years, we've had more progress than all of the 249, you know, 49,900 years before that because of the way that culture is this exponentially stacking thing. And now that we have the internet, like people can learn so fast. So yeah, it's really incredible, man. It's incredible to see you leverage pillars of success across all of these different areas to such tremendous effect. It's, it's really extraordinary. And I know the next generation now is going to be able to leverage that to like just keep going and going and going. It's, it is about the stacking and that like going into Web3, that's where it gets really exciting because this is a new frontier with like actually no rules. So good and bad, it's good and bad, you know, because there are no rules, right? It's decentralized. Right. So, um, there, it's like, I, 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 you know, I'm sure there's, there's uh, patents you can do in Web3, but I really feel like it's a patentless world. Mm. And, and in a beautiful way though, in a way where it's like, oh, this this uh project has a great idea this project has a great idea we could create a project with that great idea and that great idea but with our vision and then when we create that and it has an impact in the space then another project goes that's a great idea i'm going to take that idea and this other idea with our vision and then it just you're like oh that one did something interesting only a few weeks later or a few months later, or however long it takes, but because it moves pretty quickly, right? So and then fast. You have to innovate and iterate very quickly in real time. You have to build teams like so. Like the here's here's where like I think this is where the power goes to the anonymous persons out there and and the singular people out there instead of like these big large companies because the big big large companies they 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 can't maneuver that quick. They have to go through so much red tape. 
So the the power is really in, you know, the the you know the these kids that the youth. This is new. This is like a new world for them to create whatever they want to create. So um, I really I really say like you know when I whenever I talk about it, I'm like, go, like don't think about it, just do it. Like it, it create something that's of like that that's a vision that that you believe in and other police other people can align with that and mm-hmm. and you can actually have a real impact in web three just you have to be consistent and you have to keep doing it over time and time again and even through the bear market aoki versus stayed strong we are we are a strong community and we're it's just amazing even through all this all the down like the community is vibrant the community is going how do you manage your time like you have so many different things going on. How do you allocate that most precious of resources? It's it's a like the the team is important. Like if you saw my calendar, it's <laughs> you know, I mean, as much as I have like my own travel schedule and DJing, like that's the DJing part is only a couple hours. The travel part takes up a lot. Wow, that's such a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So I have like a full schedule. I mean, like it's like I have my own nine to five of, you know, of all my different businesses and all the different Mm -hmm. responsibilities that I have. um, Some of which are front facing public facing stuff. I pivot quite a lot. Some of which are like, like boom, we're going live doing podcasts, you know, and then some of which are just like planning, prepping A&R calls, um, setting up the next album, you know, it's just, it's it, it makes it interesting though because there's a lot going on <laughs> there's a lot going on speaking of which man where can people follow you um everything's at steve aoki pretty much you know like all, all things there like but then i have you know metazoo games hero quest games um aoki verse that's all up there too you know it's like it's all very very pretty simple to, to find search out I love it. Brother, as always, thank you so much for spending some time. It is always a pleasure. And everybody at home, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Peace.